Praise the Lord. Hey, remember, you can go to, uh, it's not for me, it's for, for, well, I guess it is for me, but, uh, but the, if you go to our website or some, you know, the HamptonCoveChurch.com, whatever, but, to, and you can get these, and, and, uh, but anyway, uh, you know, the, uh, oh, when we run through these scriptures, it's just, it's just amazing what you run across and stuff. But anyway, so let me, let's, we're looking at the Bible here just for just a second, here, the index. Oh, and this is, this is, you know, you have to just set aside, Jesus quoted from Genesis more than anything, so there's your authentication, you know, and you can read books about the Bible and stuff like that, but you know, I mean, we all do what you want to do, but I'm just telling you, we've already figured this thing out, this is, this is history, okay, but anyway, so when you treat it as history, and, and it'll line up, you'll find the scientific data is going to back Genesis, the earth is young, praise the Lord, but I'm not going to get into this, but you can go see it for yourself. No, they don't teach it that way in schools and whatever. They're going to say you came from a monkey. But I tell you what, I, the other day I was just looking at the DNA. The DNA is driving the, uh, the, um, oh, the uh, what, do you, what do you call it, the, uh, the uh, evolution is crazy. Because, oh no, there's no way you can get DNA from a monkey that transitioned from a human. It's just because you can't lose data. You have to have data that has to already be there. And it, anyway, it's just some cool stuff. But anyway, who cares about that? We already know that Jesus is, oh, we're, we're, we love the Lord. But anyway, you got Genesis here, and by the seventh chapter, excuse me, by the sixth chapter, you've got a flood. Fossils are not created by just let it lay there for a while. No, it deteriorates. Something had to happen, and it was encased in mud or whatever, and, and it's like it still looks the same as it was. But anyway, but anyway, back to this here. So you got Genesis, and it's totally historic. By the time you hit Noah there, Oh, in the sixth chapter, when he gets off, a little bit of a genealogy, and all of a sudden the whole world is populated again, the Tower of Babel, whatever. And then you've got from the 12th, actually the end of the 11th chapter, it's Abraham. And oh, we know about Abraham. Praise the Lord. Okay, so then it's a track record from there on out. But anyway, uh, Exodus, exit. They were down in Egypt. They got out. Leviticus is history too. This is history. History. This is a final speech. They got to the promised land the second time. After wandering for 40 years, the Lord said, time's up. You've been out here long enough. Head to the promised land. Boy, on their way, they were, they were wiping out the, the, the nations that were on the other side of the Jordan River before they crossed. <clears throat> anyway, got all the way up there to it. And all of a sudden, boom, Joshua. So let's see what happens. <clears throat> Moses has passed away. He's gone. The Lord already said, hey, pick up uh, Joshua, and he's going to take him on in. After the death of Moses, the Lord's disciple, God spoke to Moses' assistant, whose name was Joshua. Do you know that's where we get the name Jesus from? It means salvation. Anyway, the son of Nun, and said to him, now that my disciple is dead, you are the new leader of Israel. Now, this is great. Why do we need to know this? Well, every bit of this works for all of us as well. Lead my people across the Jordan River into the promised land. I, uh, I say to you what I said to Moses, wherever you, go, wherever you go will be part of the land of Israel, all the way from the Najave Desert, I mean, basically from South Alabama to North Alabama, Kentucky, whatever. It was the whole place. Okay. <clears throat> uh, wherever you go will be part of the land, all the way from here to Lebanon Mountains, from, to the Mediterranean Sea. It's just like the, you know, we were talking about, the, uh, Rochelle and I were talking about the Holy Land yesterday, but it's that whole territory right there. Mediterranean Sea to the west, the Euphrates River. In other words, he's actually nailing down the real territory. This is not myths. Wow. Now look at, look at verse 5. No one will be able to oppose you, look at this, as long as you live. 
Now, that's the same thing true for you and I today. Moses, if you go back, that's really so important to go back and read these things yourself. Oh, in Exodus, Moses was like, man, don't send me. I, I can't speak good. I can't. And the Lord said, who makes mouths? I do. You can do this. And it's not that I think you can do it. He said, I will be with you. I'll speak through you. Moses, no, man, don't send me. Boy, Moses didn't want to go. Anyway, no one will be able to oppose you as long as you live. Let that sink in. For I will be with you. Now remember, the angel said you will name him Emmanuel. That's Jesus. Emmanuel. We sing that song. But I don't believe it. His name is called. Yeah, we got to believe it. He's Emmanuel. Okay. Look what he says. Here we go. I'll not abandon you or fail to help you. Be strong and brave. For you will be a successful leader of my people and they'll conquer the land of, excuse me, conquer all the land I promised to their ancestors. Now notice this. If this was irrelevant, he wouldn't have said it. This is totally irrelevant. You have got to get a hold of yourself and just trust the Lord. Now what do we trust? A lot of people in America, we think trust the Lord. So I'll just, I'll just let the Lord decide. No, this is what the Lord decided. Go conquer the land. We're more than conquerors, Roman 8 says. You know, praise the Lord. So be strong, be brave. He didn't say it didn't matter. It does matter. Okay, you only need, here it is again, you only need to be strong and courageous and obey to the letter every law Moses gave you. For if you're careful to obey every one of them, you'll be successful in everything you do. Oh, don't make a mistake. No, there were daily mistakes. There was a lamb in the morning, a lamb in the evening. There was a sin offering all the time. So don't think it's being perfect. No, the whole process that we learned in the book of Leviticus was there's mistakes. There's mistakes. There's a trespass offering. There's the normal sin offering. It's mm. So, that's not what he's referring to, being totally perfect here. Constantly remind the people of these laws, and uh, you yourself must think about them every day and night, so you'll be sure to obey all of them. For then you'll, uh, you will succeed. Yes, be strong. Banish fear, bold and strong. Banish fear and doubt. Wow, boy, he's really getting on to that. Well, you know, today we have to do the same thing. We run against difficulties and stuff like that, and you just got to remember, praise the Lord. Because remember, Revelation 3, he is that close. That is written to a church, not the world. He stands at the door and knocks. It's written to the church. Philadelphia church, whatever. He that heareth, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So it's like, praise the Lord, I've got to listen that he's right there. It's crazy that I had the door locked to begin with. How <laughs> do you think about it? I shouldn't have had the door locked. If any man will open the door, you know, talking about a church, I will come in. And I'll, I said, I'm going to sit down with you and we're going to eat and carry on. I'll be with you wherever you go. Joshua issued these instructions to the leaders of Israel to tell the people to get ready to cross the Jordan River. Now remember, this is not, that's the detail. Let's think of it being the Tennessee. In three days, we'll cross and conquer and live in the land. Really? He summoned all the leaders of the tribe of Reuben, Gad, the half-tribe of Manasseh, and reminded them of their agreement with Moses. Uh, <clears throat> the Lord's given you a homeland here on the other side. Excuse me. Uh, here on the east side of the Jordan River, Moses said, so your wives and children and cattle will remain here. What it was was when they got to the promised land, some of them said, hey, because they wiped out the, a couple of kings on this side. And they said, this is pretty good looking stuff. We want to stay here. And Moses got a little ticked off. He said, nah, uh, uh, uh. are you going to rebel against the Lord and not go over? The no, 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 we'll go over and we'll help conquer, but we still want to stay on this side. He goes, okay, that's fine then. So your wives and cattle, they'll remain here, but your troops fully armed must lead the other tribes across the Jordan River to help conquer the territory on the other side. Now, did you catch this? You're going to leave your family while your army goes somewhere else? Well, wait just a minute here. We're probably going to get attacked. We better go back to Egypt. Now, they'd already learned. 
the Lord's going to take care of them. And he did. So anyway, <clears throat> the other guys crossed the Jordan River to uh, help take the promised land. Anyway, stay with them until they complete the conquest. Only then may you settle on the east side here of Jordan. Okay, to this they fully agreed. They pledged themselves to obey Joshua as their commander-in-chief. We're going to obey you as we obeyed Moses. Okay? May the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. If anyone, no matter what, rebels, then we're just going to, they're, they're toast. Okay. Immediately. Here we go. Joshua sent two spies from the Israeli camp to the Acacia to cross the river to check out the situation on the other side, especially at Jericho. We've heard of that. They arrived at an inn operated by a woman named Rahab who was a... Ah! This is supposed to be a holy book. It is a holy book, praise the Lord. This is history. This is real life. Amazing here. Rahab the harlot. Mercy. What's the Bible coming to? Well, wait just a moment here. Yeah. Right. Prostitute. My goodness. Look at this. Look at this in Matthew. The very first book about Jesus here. Descendants of Abraham. Isaac, father of Jacob, Jacob, the father of Judah, Judah, the father of Perez and Zamar, by actually, if you go read the story of Genesis, Tamar acted like a prostitute. She was ticked off at old Judah. The lion of the tribe of Judah, was people today, they talk about Judah, the tribe, and all that. The dad was, man, he made some mistakes. That was his daughter-in-law. I went to bed with her. She dressed up as a prostitute. You read the story for yourself. It's a good story. She had every right to do that. What happened? But anyway, Hezron, the father of Amram. Amram, the father of Minadab. Minadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salmon. Where are you going, Richard? Here we go. Salmon was the father of Boaz. Rahab was his mother. Rahab, who was that? This Rahab right here. Same one. This prostitute. Wow. Well, what happened to her? That's the reason it's so great about the Lord's going to take care of you. He'll be with you, whatever. Notice what she was doing. God had said, I'll bless those that bless you and I'll curse those that curse you. Wow. Well, what, look what she's going to do. She's going to protect these. And notice they were in trouble. Okay, so anyways, here we go. She was a prostitute and they were planning to spend the night there. <laughs> well, of all places, gee whiz. Okay. We'll let that go. Watch this. <clears throat> How can the Lord bless something like that? Well, he did. They were planning to spend the night there. But someone informed the king of Jericho that two Israelis were suspected of being spies had arrived in the city that evening. He dispatched a police squadron to Rahab's home, demanding she surrender them. They're spies, he explained. They've been sent by Israel to discover the best way to attack us. But she hid them and told the officers in charge, the men are here early, I didn't know they were spies. They left at the city at dusk as the city gates were about to close. I don't know where they are. She's lying. She knew where they were. She had them hid. Okay. If you hurry, you can probably catch them. But actually, she had taken them up on the roof and hidden them beneath the piles of flax that were drying there. So the constable and his men went all the way to the Jordan River looking for them. Meanwhile, the city gates were kept shut, and Rahab went up to talk to the men before they retired for the night. I mean, do you see the Lord causes you to lay down in green pastures? These guys were just blessed. Jesus told the disciples when they were getting to Jerusalem, says, hey, head to town, you're going to find there's a colt tied there, whatever. And one another time he said... There's going to be a guy there. Where do you want the Passover prepared? And the Lord said, hey, we're going to town here. You'll see a guy carrying a pitcher of water. Go tell him that, oh, where am I supposed to eat the Passover? Mm. And all those things happened. They found it just like it was. I know perfectly well that your God is going to give you my country. Now, where did she get this from? Well, she was like one of the rest of the people. They were terrified. Notice what they were terrified of. It's history. We're all afraid of you. Everyone is terrified of the word is when Israel's mentioned. 
New Testament says you and I are the true Israel. Anyway, but we've heard how the Lord made a path through the... Well, that didn't happen. Yes, it did happen. Boy, everybody was shook to the core when you left Egypt. We know what you did to Sion and Og, <laughs> the two Amorite kings on the east side of, of Jordan. This, see, this just happened. No wonder we're afraid of you. No one has any fight left in them after hearing this. No wonder the Lord says, hey, be strong. Don't be afraid. So he says, uh, your God is the supreme God of heaven, not an ordinary God. And I beg one thing. Now look at this. It's so selfish. It's so selfish. So selfish. You know, when you see the vastness of our galaxy, just our galaxy, and our galaxy has about 100 billion stars in it, and per 100 billion stars, there's about 100 billion galaxies that we can just see, and it's even further than that. And he can't take care of little old you. And you want to call me selfish? Nah, don't worry about that. He'll fix you. So notice this. Swear to me by the name of your sacred God that when Jericho is conquered, she knew it was, you'll let me live. Praise the Lord. I don't know why sometimes we won't let that get in our prayer lives. I hear people all the time. They're, they're, they'll mention, you know, well, I don't want anything from me here. and I'm just thankful that, you know, everybody but me is healthy, whatever. You need to be healthy too. Some people love you. You need to be healthy. You know, you need to survive. We want you to be here too. You want yourself to be. The Lord will take care of you. Notice what he says here. Let me live along with my, oh, by the way, this, 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 this. You know, she got this too. She did. And the book of Hebrews mentions this in the faith chapter. By faith, David, by faith, by faith, by faith, Rahab. Wow. Anyway, it's only fair uh, after the way I've helped you. Yeah, makes sense. The men agreed, if you won't betray us, we'll see to it that you and your family aren't harmed. They promised. We'll defend you with our lives. Uh, then since her house was on top of the city wall, she let them down uh, out by a rope. Same thing we see happen in the book of Acts. Paul was in trouble one time and he escaped out a wall. Praise the Lord. Anyway, escape to the mountains, she told him. Hide there for three days until the men who are searching for you have returned and go on your way. But before they left, the men said, listen, we can't be responsible, you know, what happens to you unless the rope is hanging from this window. Tie a yellow ribbon around this. So we know what they're doing here. You keep this rope hanging out so everybody will know. Your father, mothers, and brothers, anyone else are here inside the room. If they go out, uh-oh, can't promise we can take care of you. Anyway, we aren't going to take any responsibility if that happens. But we swear that no one inside this house will be killed or injured. However, if you betray us, then this oath is no longer binding. I accept your terms, terms, she said, and left the scarlet rope hanging there. The two spies went up into the mountain, stayed there three days until the men chasing them were gone okay. And then they went out the road, uh, excuse me, they looked, they looked everywhere along the road without success. Then the two spies came down from the mountain, crossed the river, reported to Joshua all that happened. Now, what all did they report? Just what we just saw. Notice what they said. Certainly the Lord will give us the land. They said, for all the people over there are scared to death of us. Wow. Early the next morning. Not, we'll read this next year. No, <laughs> this happened right then. You know, when Moses went to Pharaoh, it was, about, it was about a week and a half. All those plagues hit in a week and a half. And as a matter of fact, just the chapter before that, when he said, no, don't send me, don't send me. And the Lord says, look, you're going to be standing here at this mountain about a week and a half from now, and you're going to know that I spoke to you. Back near the burning bush. Because Moses was like, I don't know. I just don't know. He says, yeah. Because I always thought that was weird. Because uh, the Lord says, you'll worship me at this mountain. Yeah, in, a, in about three weeks, you know. Wow. Okay. 
The next morning, Joshua and all the people of Israel left Acacia and arrived that evening at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped for a few days before crossing. You're right. They're going to cross. On the third day, officers went to the camp giving instructions. When you see the priests carrying the ark, now we know what that is. We got little things symbolizing some of this thing. The ark was a little box. I mean, not much bigger than this right here. It had two angels over the top of it. But anyway, when you see the priest carrying the ark, follow him. You've never been before where you're going now, so they'll guide you. However, stay back about a half mile with a clear space between you and the ark. Don't get any closer. Joshua told the people to purify themselves, for tomorrow the Lord says he's going to do a great miracle. The Lord will do a great miracle. In the morning, Joshua ordered the priest to take up the ark and lead us across the river. So they started out. Uh, we need a bridge, don't we? Nope. Today the Lord told Joshua, I'll give you great honor so that Israel will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Instruct the priests who are carrying the ark to stop at the river's edge. Okay, here they go. They're toting this thing, big old long poles. Joshua summoned all the people, come and listen to what the Lord your God has said. For today, he said, you're going to know for sure that the living God is among you and he will shut out, and he will without fail drive out the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. Those were one of the sons of Noah, we all came from Noah. Ham, okay. All the people who now live uh, in the land, you will soon occupy. Think of it. The ark of God, who is the Lord over all the earth, will lead you across the river. Now remember, it's river, 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 river. So there's a big object here in the way. Hey, select 12 men, each from a tribe, for a special task. What task? When the priests who are carrying the ark touch the water with their feet, the river will stop. Fairy tales, fairy tales. Tell, I, I know it sounds deep here, but it's not. This happened. It already happened. Rahab already said we heard what happened when you crossed the Red Sea. This has happened again. This actually happened again in Elisha's time. Twice. Elijah and Elisha. Elisha, after Elijah had just went into heaven, he, found, he got his mantle and his coat from Elisha, and he went back to the Jordan River, which was just a stone's throw array, and he smote the river and he said, where is the God of Elisha? I mean, Elijah. And it split again. Wow. Okay. Twelve people for what? A special task. Boy, the Bible's really going to incriminate itself here because, oh, please, don't, don't put names and places and monuments. Oh, my goodness, don't put a monument out there. Oh, they did. And guess what? There's a monument today still out there. Okay. So, when the priests who are carrying the ark touch the water with their feet, the river will stop flowing as though held up by a dam and will pile up against, uh, as though, uh, against an invisible wall. Now, it was the harvest season and Jordan was flowing on all its banks. Doggone it. Lord, why don't you pick it when it's shallow? No, didn't had nothing to do with that. The Lord doesn't need any of our help where miracles are concerned. All right, so it was overflowing. But as the people set out to cross the river, as the feet of the priests were carrying the ark, touched the water of the river's head, suddenly far up the river at the city of Adam. Hmm, why would they name it a place like that? Probably because a guy named Adam lived. Okay. The water began piling up as though against a dam. The water at that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was empty. Then all the people crossed the spot where the river was close to the city. And the priests who were carrying the ark stood on dry ground in the middle. If I passed it, they stayed in the middle. Three years later, we read the next chapter. <laughs> no, we didn't. We read it right now. When all the people were safely across, except those that stumbled and twisted their ankle and all. No, praise the Lord. God took care of everything. Hallelujah. Yeah, but my little so-and-so's got the croup, you know. The Lord took care of everything. And there wasn't, you know, let's see, a 300-member church here. We're still talking 6 million plus. Okay. A lot of people. Tell the 12 men 
chosen for a special task, one from each tribe, to take a stone from where the priests are standing. So they had to run back out there where the ark was, and they all took a stone. Okay. And carry them out and pile them up as a monument uh, at the place where you camp tonight. So they put a monument up where they crossed. Joshua, some of the 12 men, told him, go out in the middle of Jordan where the ark is. Each of you carry out a stone on your shoulder. Obviously, it'd be a big one, wouldn't it? 12 stones in all. Why? One representing uh, each tribe. We'll use them to build a monument so that the future, when your children ask, what's this monument for? See, that's why it's so important to keep reading and to remind yourself of these great things because these things happen. Praise the Lord. Okay. You can tell them it's to remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the ark of God went across. The monument will be a permanent reminder to the people of Israel of this amazing miracle. So as Josh, so excuse verse 8. So the men did as Joshua told them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, each for a oh, tribe, just as the Lord had commanded Joshua. They carried them to the place where they camped for the night and constructed a monument there, or constructed a monument. Joshua also built another monument. Look at this. In the middle of the river. Wow. It'd still be there. At the place where the priests were standing. And it is there, like it says, to this day. Praise the Lord. The priests who were carrying the ark stood in the middle of the river until all these instructions, uh, excuse me, until all these instructions of the Lord, which had been given to Joshua and Moses, had been carried out. Meanwhile, the people had hurried across the riverbed. When everyone was across, the people watched as the priest carried up the ark out of the riverbed. The troops of uh, Gad, half-tribe of Manasseh, anyway, Reuben, fully armed as Moses had instructed, and 40,000 strong, there's a number there, led the other tribes of the Lord's army across the plains of Jericho. Notice they're called the Lord's army there. Wow, it was a tremendous day for Joshua. The Lord made him great in the eyes of all the people, and they revered him as much as they had Moses, respected him deeply the rest of his life. For it was Joshua who, at the Lord's command, issued the orders for the priests to carry across the ark. Okay. Come up from the riverbed, the Lord had now told, had commanded him. So Joshua issued the order, and as soon as the priests came out, look at that, water poured back again. My goodness. This stuff is just fairy tales. Well, we're counting on it being true because the Lord hinges on all this stuff. I mean, he, he thinks all this stuff took place. Okay. This miracle occurred. Look at that. Ah, my sister's birthday. Hmm, did you know that? Yeah. Darling's birthday, my sister was March 25th. Wow. That day, the entire nation crossed the Jordan River and camped in Gilgal at the eastern edge of the city of Jericho. And all the 12 stones from Jordan were piled up as a monument. Remember why? So when your grandkids show up, what was this all for? The Lord did a mighty miracle here. Wow. Then Joshua explained the purpose of the stones. In the future, when your children ask, now we've heard this before. Geez, repetitive. That's because we have to get it. Why these stones here? You're to tell them the stones are a reminder of this amazing miracle that the nation of Israel crossed the Jordan River on dry ground, not on boats, whatever. Tell them how the Lord had dried up the river right before our eyes and kept it dry until we were all across. It's the same Lord that did it, what, 40 years ago. Wow, this is all tracking at the Red Sea. He did this so all nations of the earth will realize, look at that, that Jehovah is the mighty God and so that you will worship him forever. Now, he never intended these miracles to quit. He never did. These miracles are still ours today. He even, when in the very start of Deuteronomy, Moses said, the God who did the miracles in Exodus will do them in the promised land. Now, these guys are sitting there going, oh, my gosh, we're seeing it. And we have the details. He's going to do the same for you and I. Last chapter, let's stop right here. So watch, see what happens. When the nations west of the Jordan River, the Amorites, Canaanites, who lived along the Mediterranean coast, heard that the Lord had dried up the river, so that the people of Israel could cross. Their courage melted away and were paralyzed with fear. Well, that's great. I'm telling you, remember the scripture tells us no weapon 
formed against you will prosper. Praise the Lord. What do we have to worry about? These things are, first off, it's in your Bible. We, just, we have just read four chapters in Joshua. We have too many details for them not to apply to us. Okay, verse 2. The Lord then told Joshua to set aside a day to circumcise the entire male, the entire male population of Israel. Say, oh my gosh, what's that? Well, I think we know what that is. Okay. So, uh, remember, they weren't, these people, they're, they're trying to get back into a relationship with the Lord. They don't have it all down perfect. But now, God had told Moses, excuse me, God had told Abraham in the 17th chapter that this is your part of the covenant. And today as a Christian, no, we don't have to be circumcised anymore as Christians, but the Lord uses the same message in the book of Colossians. It says we are circumcised with the circumcision of Christ. So we got to understand what that was. So, Here's some details. What happened? Joshua said, set aside a day to circumcise the entire male population. It was the second time in Israel's history that this was done. The Lord instructed them to manufacture flint knives for this purpose. The place where the circumcision rite took place was named Hill of the Foreskins. Golly, can you imagine that? What if Huntsville was named that? Oh, my gosh. Well, you would remember what happened, wouldn't you? Okay. Along this same point here, if you'll remember when Moses was fixing to go back, Lord, you're blessed in the name of Jesus. Okay. Uh, when Moses was going back to Pharaoh, on his way, an angel, actually the angel of the Lord, withstood him. And what happened? All we, the information we have there was uh, his sons weren't circumcised, and his wife got all bent out of shape, so she circumcised him and threw the foreskins at Moses' feet and said, what a bloody husband you are. Well, she didn't understand, but that's okay. The Lord said, this is your part of this covenant. What my point is here is you have a covenant with God. You've got a covenant for health, prosperity, victory. You, you're, mm. And we think it's our own merit. Thank God we know better. So that's the point of this. All right. So anyway, the reason for this circumcision ceremony, the second one was although the people of Israel left Egypt, all the men who had been old enough to bear arms, they were circumcised, but the rest of them weren't. All right, they'd all died in the, in, the, in the years in the wilderness, and none of the boys born had been circumcised. Again, why do you do that? Well, you would know. <laughs> I mean, come on, you would know. Everybody would know. You just name, where do you live? <laughs> I live over in the town called the Foreskins. <laughs> yeah. What's all that about? I've got a covenant, praise the Lord. Covenant means cut anyway. He didn't kill us. He could have called it the hill of, well, we need half of y'all to die. Well, that's what the people in the, in the promised land were doing. They were throwing their kids to the fire. Egypt was throwing all the Hebrew babies to the Nile. We have no compassion for Pharaoh over there and what they were doing. They were trying to kill all the Israelites. And look at this. It's not, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. So anyway, they're, they're across the river and they did this number. Why? Oh, it's so important. Praise the Lord. Okay. So now they'd all been circumcised. Okay. Uh, okay, they had not obeyed the Lord and vowed that they wouldn't let them enter uh, the land he had promised to Israel, a land that flowed with milk and honey. That was talking about those, the ones who disobeyed were the ones that said, we can't go in the promised land, oh my gosh. Anyway, straightened out now. So Joshua circumcised their children, the men who had grown up to take their place. We're about done here, watch this. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I've ended your shame of not being circumcised. So the place where this was done was called Gilgal. Oh, we've heard that. Well, that means end. End what? Shame's been ended. Wow, still call that today. After the ceremony, the entire nation rested, rested in the camp until the raw flesh of their wounds had healed. While they were at Gilgal, the plains of Jericho, they celebrated. Ah, come on. These cel- uh, boy, that is such a fantastic celebration. Passover, whew, you're not going to die. Somebody else is going to die, but not you. Praise the Lord. That lamb died. 
During the evening of April 1st, the next day they began to eat the, uh, from the gardens. Now watch closely. Here comes the thing about the manna. Manna had been there every day, every day, every day, every day. The next day they began to eat from the gardens and grain fields which they invaded. And they made unleavened bread. The following day, no more manna. Sometimes we forget. Oh, I'm so hungry. The manna had been gone for 40 years. So the following day, no manna fell. And it was never seen again. So from that time forth, they lived on the crops of Canaan. They lived what? They didn't starve. They, they lived on the crops. Praise the Lord. He prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies. It's just constant. Joshua sizing up the city of Jericho, and a man appeared. We're going to close right here. Watch this. Joshua went over to him. Who are you? Notice he wasn't scared. I mean, Joshua just crossed the river. He'd seen what that ark had done, and he'd heard what God said the day before, and it happened. And they just he watched Moses, his commander-in-chief right before, wipe out two kings. All the generals had showed up one day and said, you know what, Moses, we got an offering for you. We didn't lose a single man. <laughs> so, boy, Joshua goes up to this guy. Are you a friend or foe? <clears throat> what does he say? Who is this guy? Look closely, look. We're at the end. This, we're stopping right here. I am the commander in chief of the Lord's army. Amen. And he's on your side. The angel of the Lord, Psalm 34 says, encamps about us to deliver us. Joshua fell down before him and worshiped and said, Give me your commands. I'll take off your shoes, the commander said. This is holy ground. Well, we've heard this before, praise the Lord. I mean, people outside of Jericho were watching, going, We are toast. We're toast. We are so toast. What was Rahab doing? I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We appreciate, hallelujah, the history, the track record of, again, just over and over and over again. So, Father, if we're not feeling good today, you'll take care of that. Health-wise, no matter what, strength, whatever it is, praise the Lord, vision, backs, whatever, anything, praise the Lord. You'll take care of that. Hallelujah, as you took care of these folks. There was not one feeble one among them, you said, Lord. Father, if the same thing's true financially, you'll take care of everything financially. Praise the Lord. And if it's not that, it's just something else, just something on our hearts. Well, praise the Lord. You're so great, you'll take care of that. And that didn't leave anything left but for us to go tell others what you're doing in our life. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.